Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. It's a program where we get an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests and interviews that were conducted on JM in the AM. We start this week with my recent conversation with Rabbi Kenneth Brander. He is the uh, the new head of our Torah Stone. He um, assumes the position for Rabbi Shlomo Riskin, and he told us about the transition and about uh, the vision that he has for the organization. Our Torah Stone, our focus with Rabbi Kenneth Brander on this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, one of our favorite guests, uh, frankly, is with us live via telephone. He is somebody who has uh, built institutions. He is somebody who has uh, made a, a tremendous impact wherever he has gone in the Jewish world. And um, for us, he is somebody who has enthusiastically and with tremendous pride uh, supported and um, continues to um, value the work that we do on a daily basis here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm referring to Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander. Rabbi Brander is president-elect and Rosh HaYeshiva of the Ortora Stone Network of Educational Institutions and Social Action Programs, succeeding our beloved Rabbi Dr. Shlomo Riskin. Until January, till last month, Rabbi Brander was vice president for university and community life at Yeshiva up at YU and taught rabbinics at REITs. He focused on improving all aspects of the student life experience personal and virtual engagement with Jewish communities around the world, upgrading the graduate program of advanced Talmudic studies for women, and restructuring YU's Israel-based initiatives to empower greater impact on Israeli society. Before becoming vice president, served as the inaugural David Mitzner Dean of Yeshiva University Center for the Jewish Future. He had many, many goals going into YU, and uh, those of us who have been watching closely know just how many he accomplished. It's been a tremendous run, and now the beneficiaries of our Brander's leadership will be Oratora um, uh, Stone and, of course, the entire Jewish world. Rabbi Kenneth Brander, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's uh, always a pleasure to, to be on the Nachum Siegel Network, and I always feel uh, warm and welcomed. Well, by you, and I look forward to continuing that relationship. You should feel that way because uh, we love giving you a warm reception and a welcoming one, and I look forward to actually visiting us in the near future if your schedule will ever allow it. Because as we know, Rabbi Brander, you are now on one of those whirlwind schedules as you make this transition to Artura Stone, spending a good amount of time in Israel, but obviously still with very strong ties here in the U.S. How has the transition gone until this point? The transition, the transition has been really uh, wondrous and excellent. Uh, you know, Robert Riskin has been extremely accommodating, and uh, I think he is more. He, I think he's more eager to move this transition al- along than I am. Um, <laughs> he's uh, really looking forward to uh, a sabbatical and uh, focusing on writing and teaching. Um, I'm telling him, you know, let's slow it down a little bit. But uh, it's been uh, unbelievable over the past, um, well, I've only been doing it for 28 days. But in the past 28 days, I've tried to meet with some of the leadership of Ortora Stone and meeting with students and alumni just to get an understanding, working to develop some of the administrative components. And I have to tell you, Nachum, in, in the past 28 days, I've been... Welcome to Ortora Stone with some uh, wonderful news. Uh, we've received uh, multiple grants 
from the state of Israel to do and to expand our work. And please, God, um, uh, right after Purim, I will be uh, in Zurich uh, for the uh, Strauss Amiel and Baron Amiel conference. We're going to be, I'm going to have the privilege of studying with 56 uh, current rabbis and rebbitzins uh, who are serving our people uh, throughout Europe, uh, the United Kingdom, as well as Germany and Spain and uh, Poland and, and uh, Denmark and Turkey and Serbia and, wow. you know, Jews all over Europe uh, who need leadership and guidance and Rabbi Riskin, Rabbi Stav and myself uh, under the leadership of Rabbi Birnbaum, who's in charge of the Amiel uh, institutions. Um, we're going to be learning together with them for three days. So uh, what better opportunity in then in the past 28 days of being able to learn with uh, rabbis in Zurich, uh, I had the privilege of meeting uh, the defense minister. Uh, he uh, invited himself uh, over to Midrash at Lindenbaum to spend some time there. We can discuss that a little bit. Oh, for and- sure. I, I, you know, in this era, now in 2018, it's so interesting that you that we start with this point. Um, we always look to the diaspora supporting Israel. Now, of course, we know that that switch has clearly taken place over the last 10 years, and now it's more that in Israel we look for Israel to support what's going on in the diaspora. With that in mind, is this type of grant uh, a new development? Is this is this unique, or it's simply building on what Ortura Stone has done in the past, and they've always had an impact on worldwide jury, jury outside of Israel? Well, I think I think Ortara Stone, under the leadership of Rabbi Riskin, and particularly the Strauss Amiel program and the Baron Amiel program under the leadership of Rabbi Birnbaum, who's really truly uh, a rabbi to Klal Yisrael, um, I think that we've always been involved in these opportunities, but now we're expanding them. Mm-hmm. And in order to expand them properly, we've partnered with the State of Israel. Uh, the State of Israel has recently given Ortara Stone two major grants. One is a totally new grant, and that is to work with small communities under 7,000 Jews. Um, <laughs> we're going to work with 12 communities in Latin America, six communities in North America, and six communities in Europe. Have you it's identified called... the North American ones already or not? Well, no, I, mean, I want to be invited again, so <laughs> I don't want to give away all of them. But uh, I want, I want we... one, I want one example. If you could give one example of a city in North America where the the uh, where Artura Stone would be welcome, but yet there's fewer than seven thousand Jews. Um, Ottawa. Oh, interesting! Wow. Um, you know, and uh, there's there's several within. You know, the North America, there's several within the United States also, but we haven't, you know, firmed up the conversations. Uh, We're in conversations, for example, with New Orleans. We're in conversations right now with West Hartford Hmm. um, that fits under that category. So um, we're in all of these conversations right now, and we'll we'll finish them off within the next uh, two weeks. And that's being run by Rabbi Ruvain Svolter, who has been a friend of mine for... I don't know, close to 30 years, um, and he's going to be the director of this, what we're calling uh, Ortara Stone Amiel Bekihila, just going into these communities. Unbelievable. Um, we're, we're supposed to go into these communities um, several times during the year with three Torah person- three personalities. One's a senior Torah personality. One is a uh, a person who is an artist 
uh, involved in art or music. Um, and the third one is uh, somebody who can explain uh, and the ideals of Medina Israel. And we are also going to bring students from our six high schools um, to spend time in these institutions because then it becomes an incubator of leadership uh, for our Israeli um, high school students as they engage with the Jewish community, and we continue to share with them that vision. Incredible. Uh, Rabbi Kenneth Brand is with us. Or Torah Stone is a modern Orthodox movement shaping Jewish communities worldwide, inspired by the unique vision of its founding chancellor and Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Dr. Shlomo Riskin. Or Torah Stone is energized by the leadership of its incoming president and Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander, who's with us live via telephone, and co-chancellor Harav David Stav, whose reputation also uh, precedes him. Um, this is not the first time that you're very familiar with Rabbi Riskin's accomplishments. I mean, between uh, um, uh, between uh, Lincoln Square Synagogue and other institutions you've been involved with, you 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 know firsthand the impact he's had. Um, it, it's, it is important to have a vision, and at the same time, it's important to remain grounded and to uh, you know to to get things done on a practical basis. I would assume at this point uh, you can really appreciate how he's been amazing at both. It is, I think, probably Riskin's greatest. I would say two things that are his greatest strength that I've seen in the you know the past twenty eight days. Although, as you mentioned, I've known him for uh, you know over thirty years. Yeah. Um, the first thing is the fact that he has surrounded himself with extremely talented people. Um, his uh, the Mankal, Yinun Achiman, the um, the person who's really the provost, Yehuda Stauber. These are people of great talent. Um, the principals of the high schools, the Rashi Yeshiva, the Yeshivat Hezder, of the Mechinas, um, the various heads of the programs for women who are going to be serving in the army um, after studying for two years in some locations and one year in other locations. They're all super talented young, they're all super talented people. Um, and he really has surrounded himself with with really talented visionary uh, leaders. I think that's the first the first unbelievable component of, that I see with Rabbi Riskin. The second one is that he's really built an infrastructure that will allow Ortara Stone to really be a modern Orthodox movement uh, in its education of young people, and it's serving both um, communities in Israel. Uh, we, just, we got another grant that is allowing us to continue to interact with 35 Matnasim, which are really JCCs, uh, to work on programming, um, infusing Judaism into the larger Israeli community. And we'll interact with 300,000 Jews this year in, through that program. And so, so the second component, so sorry? So they'll be bringing a, a Jewish educational component to an average JCC, right? Basically. Right. Pretty amazing. 35 of them. Right. Um, so, and then this, the, the second piece of that component is is really this whole transition. You know, the Rebbe Riskin knocked on my door. Um, this wasn't something I applied for, which is similar to what happened at Yeshiva University uh, when uh, President Joel came came to Boca. But Rebbe Riskin knocked on my door with Rebbe Stav and said, it's time for me to make a transition. It's time for me to, uh, you know, who who's going to succeed me. And uh, And he has really just allowed that succession to really move in a very um, an unimpeded way. 
And, 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 uh, and for those who are familiar with leaders and those familiar with leaders in our community, it is not always that easy. Right. And I think that's his greatness. I mean, he saw that he needed a next. Um, he moved it forward. And as the next is, is happening, he's the one making sure that there are no impediments for me to be able to get to know the institutions and to think of what's next and how to build on the platform and the legacy of Rabbi Riskin uh, for next. Boy, you must be you, – you, and, and not to minimize what you've done previously because uh, we, we've heralded the, the incredible successes you had at YU, but you must be coming into this with tremendous enthusiasm, with a completely renewed, like like a rookie, like a completely renewed, <laughs> like completely renewed spirit, and with a vision yourself of what this uh, of how Artura Stone can get even bigger and even more influential. Um, I'm 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 walking into into this extremely excited, as you just said. Uh, you know, my children paved the way. Or some of my children paved the way for us to make Aliyah. I have a grandson there, and uh, two children there. Uh, you know, a wonderful daughter-in-law there, and it's just an opportunity to make Aliyah something that my wife and I have uh, really hoped for all our life, and every risk, and, and this is an unbelievable opportunity. And and I think, you know, Nachum, I think the best way to, to summarize it, uh, the, the greatness of every risk, and that is uh, last week we were invited, um, the uh, defense minister, Victor Lieberman, came to... Or Tara Stone to Lindenbaum, Madrasha Lindenbaum, right. um, at, at his own invitation. It's not like Or Tara Stone said, hey, why don't you come? He wanted to come. Because Or Tara Stone's Madrasha Lindenbaum program is really the largest uh, group of women who sit and learn and then serve in the IDF. Wow. And there was a, there was a moment that Rabbi Riskin wanted to introduce me to his successor. And he introduces me, and the introduction was uh, was an introduction that I wish my mother had heard. Um, <laughs> and I realized at that one moment, as the three of us were talking with each other and spending some time, the three of us together, that that not one of us uh, was born in Medina Israel. Mm. And uh, and I just you know turned for a moment to Hashem, and I said, I hope that I just have some influence on the Israeli and on the world jury as these two individuals, the defense minister and River Riskin, have had, and that Kashbarahu should give me the capacity to have that type of influence. And then we sat together, and we just were introduced to a group of women who are serving in the IDF. One finished uh, 19 Masechtas, um, <laughs> Her picture could not be taken, not because she finished 19 Masechtas, but she's serving in a unit that when she's in Madim, when she's in the army uniform, she's serving in a unit that it's forbidden for her to take a picture, wow. even when the defense minister. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to see 120, uh, to be introduced to 120 uh, young women who are serving in various branches of the IDF, it's just... You know, it's just an unbelievable experience. And then to watch the defense minister in the Beit Midrash have a conversation in which uh, one of the students asked the question, you know, do you feel that our sitting and learning Torah protects the state of Israel as much as the IDF? And to watch him talk, talk about Safra, the Saifa, uh, literally translated as the sword and the book and the mm. Torah book. 
hmm. and how he sees the exchange between the two. You know, there's no other place that you'll have a conversation with the defense minister about the partnership between Torah and uh, an army service than in uh, than in Eretz Israel. You know, I, he, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, no, please go on. I was going to say, it's not lost on me, frankly, that we're sitting here on Erev Purim. Think, think of the difference of how Jews in the diaspora and in Eretz Israel think of how they lived and what they've uh, what they had to uh, overcome in the last 2000 years and what we have now we are speaking about 120 women who are combining Torah studies with service in the Israel Defense Forces and you you reassuring us through the story you told about the three of you that in fact the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel uh, it just it, it, sometimes we are living an experience where it's very difficult to see the forest from the trees. It's hard to understand in the context of history how miraculous a time this is. I'm sure that's part of what you felt throughout this whole process. That, that's exactly what I'm feeling. You know, when you you bring fresh eyes to the table, it's not only in how you re envision Ortura Stone, but really fresh eyes to see really the miracles. Um, you know. In this in this period of time, to paraphrase Alan Neeson, just and 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 it's not a, just 120; it's 120 per year, right. with a waiting list to get into the program. It's <laughs> a waiting list to get into the program. Um, and I think you know, if you want to pick up on the theme of Purim, you know, the Balai Kabbalah speak about the idea that Yom Kippur is called Yom Kippurim, right. a day like Purim. And you have to understand what does that mean a day like Purim? How does it? Uh, how does Yom Kippur? You know, it's it's not really what it means in its simple uh, definition because Purim wasn't around when Yom Kippur was established by Kaddish Baruch Hu. But the idea that the Balai Kabbalah say is what is Yom Kippur about? It's about the ability to us to change our narrative and to reconnect and to create a rendezvous with Hakadosh Baruch Hu with God that has been different than in the past, and that's what Purim is. Purim was Mordechai and Esther seizing the moment and being able to transform uh, the moment. And so Yom Kippurim is that we hope that our Day of Atonement can be somewhat like Purim was, that we can change the narrative and engage with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a unique way. You look at what's happening in Medina Yisrael and its influence on the rest of world Jewry and on society in general. And you say, this is Yom Kippurim. This is like Purim. We are seizing the moment. And for those of your listeners that want to look at the Rambam in his laws of Purim and Hanukkah, you'll notice that the last statements of the Rambam in the laws of Purim is that in the time of Mashiach, it's a very controversial statement that Maimonides makes in the Mishnah Torah. That in the time of Mashiach, the... Uh, the the books of Nach, of Nevi'im and Ketuvim, will not have as much importance other except for the book of Megillat Esther, which doesn't have God's name in, in it. Right. And everyone questions, how could the Rambam make that statement that Nach, not the Torah, but the Nach won't have as much consequence, but only Megillat Esther will? And the explanation that is given by many is the fact that Purim represents not an initiative that was only experienced by God, but that Purim represents an initiative in which you have HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you have God obviously playing a role, but you also have the Jewish people playing a role. 
And when the Jewish people are willing to play a role in changing the destiny of the pe- of our people and of society, that's the way you bring Mashiach. I look at Ortara Stone and I say, what a gift and what a blessing that I have the opportunity to be part of an institution that is a movement of orthodoxy that is welcoming and engaging, a movement of orthodoxy that is has 5,000 students and interacts with hundreds of thousands more, a movement that is committed to changing Israeli society and influencing the, the, the diaspora in significant ways, an institution that understands its responsibility also to the rest of society and to be nominated to be its head and to continue the wonderful work of so many there is uh, really an exceptional opportunity that I hope uh, I'm up for the challenge. Amazing. We know you are. He is the incoming president and Rosh Hashiva of Oratora Stone, and we are looking forward to the amazing future that the uh, institution, which has had a glorious past and present, but now it has an amazing future ahead of it with Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander. Rabbi Brander, we wish you good luck next week at the conference in Zurich and uh, continuing this amazing global mission and this transition as the head of Oratora Stone. And we are certainly looking forward to sharing more and more of the incredible tales of accomplishments that are coming down the road. I wish you a Chag Purim Sameach and a big Mazal Tov on this amazing position. Thank you, Nachum. And we look forward to our continued uh, relationship. And as as the Nachum Stiegel Network is really, for all of the Jewish people, a very important way of communicating when we know which institutions, we're, which communities we're dealing with, I look forward to sharing that w- with the Jewish community through the Nachum Siegel Network. I greatly appreciate that. Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander, incoming president Rosh Hashiva of our Torah Stone, wishing him uh, the best of luck. Hatzlach in this amazing new position. That was my conversation with Rabbi Kenneth Brander, who now leads our Torah Stone in Israel, taking over from Rabbi Shlomo Ruskin. Next up, Phil Rosen joined us recently to discuss the world of politics in Israel. He's very close with the Prime Minister of Israel, and we were curious to hear his opinion about how the Prime Minister would survive all the recent allegations. Phil Rosen on the subject of Prime Minister Netanyahu on this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, um, last week when everything, you know, when the news came down regarding Bibi and all of us are sitting and wondering, you know, what's going to happen to him. So, of course, the first person I had in mind to speak to was Phil Rosen. And finally, thank God, Phil is available to us this morning. We'll speak with him in a moment. He is the vice chair of the Republican Jewish Coalition. He's the vice chair of Birthright, former chairman of American Friends of Likud, hence the uh, the reference to Bibi. And he's also vice chair of Yeshiva University. And I mention that because I don't think Phil or I expected the first topic of our conversation this morning would be about YU basketball. I landed last night from Los Angeles. The first thing I did was text the four kids of mine who are at the game <laughs> and and heard that why you had to come back from quite a deficit, but of course they are advancing and on Thursday night at Farmingdale, tomorrow night, they'll be in the semifinals of the Skyline Conference um, on the road and we are hoping, of course, for a big victory. As you've heard me say all season, they've had an amazing year, especially during 2018, uh, during these last uh, few weeks. And uh, the Macs have been playing absolutely incredibly and representing the Jewish people very, very well, I might add. Phil Rosen, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. And, and before we go any further, let's uh, spend a couple of minutes on um, 
on that topic. Um, well, they, so, had, they, they, had to, they had to really come back from quite a deficit last night, huh? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. They were down by, I think it was 15, wow. and they came back to closing the gap at the half, but then they opened it up in the second half, and they just played terrific. I'm very proud of my nephew, Gabriel Leifer, who um, who is uh, one of the leaders of the team. But they're, they're a full team. They've got a number of players who are really significant. They've got an Israeli bar um, who's terrific. They've got um, Simcha Halper. They've got a bunch of guys yeah. who are just really, uh, really terrific. They also play the game, as you said beautifully. They play the game with an enormous amount of um, grace, but also respect for the other players. You know, I've never seen um, a team that uh, when the player on the other team falls down, reaches his hand out to grab the player and pick him back up again yep. and ask him if he's okay. By the way, Phil, I have to sh- have to share with you, I was at a game with my son uh, on the road at the Merchant Marine Academy a couple of weeks ago, and the great legendary YU uh, um, a basketball player Dave Kufeld was sitting next to us, and I said to him, what do you think of Gabe Leifer? You know, everyone's talking about your relative, right? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think right. of Gabe Leifer? So he says, well, he is certainly the best He's certainly the best player in the history of college basketball to wear a velvet kippah, <laughs> which, <laughs> which, I, which I thought was great. That's great. And speaking that's about great. Re- and, it, yep, sorry. and he wears it all game long. That's so right. That's uh, as do a lot yeah. of the players wearing the kippah yeah. all day long, which is, all yeah. game long, which is amazing. Uh, what was it like sitting with the president of Yeshiva University at the game last night? Would you say he was uh, enthusiastic with the results? Beyond, beyond. You know, Ari Berman is um, uh, doing a fantastic job, not just as um, uh, as president of Yeshiva University and focused on the issues that are really important in terms of getting the the university or keeping the university on the right track, but he's also um, he's a um, he's a people person and he's a student person, and so he was at the game. He was wearing the YU playoff t-shirts that, uh, that somebody made up and uh, he was screaming and yelling with everybody else. Um, you know, um, one of the great things was at the end of the game when, um, when they started winning, the players, the, the fans started singing Misha Nechdas Zadar. Oh my Marvin God. The Simcha. That is great. And you got to see Rabbi Berman getting into it, waving his arms and just beautiful. That's really fa- beautiful. That's fantastic. Phil Rosen with us live via telephone. We could talk about a lot of things. Obviously, one of the conversations we have to have on the air soon will be about birthright and your your experience and its leadership. But today, you know why we asked you a week ago to come on, because uh, once all this hit the news regarding the Prime Minister of Israel, I wanted to get your perspective, as we haven't had in the past when he's been hit with, uh, with interesting news, about his future and, and well, well, first of all, what do you think? You know, you know the media battle that he faces because the media just keeps piling it on uh, in terms of these uh, accusations, and you know that there's been a recommendation made now to the attorney general, and he's mulling things over. I mean, how do you how do you view the future of the prime minister of Israel at this point? Listen, I think um, Bibi is perhaps one of the two greatest prime ministers um, in the state of Israel. Um, unfortunately, the left wing, which has lost the voter support completely in Israel, um, now turns to two um, methods of um, aggression against the prime minister and against the right wing. 
Number one is to attack the prime minister in all sorts of ways. Um, and that's in the press and that's through the police. That's all sorts of ways. The, um, the first thing you should know is that before this, um, this, these two charges were recommended to the attorney general, which, by the way, we'll get to in a second as to what that means right. in terms of legalities. But before that, there have been 15 times, 15 times that the prime minister, this prime minister has been investigated 15 times and not one time has anything stuck. What that means is that this is a campaign to hurt this prime minister. I'm not going to get into the specifics of, you know, what happened here. And, and I don't know. I have, I have zero knowledge. But what I do know is that this is a man who's transformed the state of Israel um, in all sorts of ways, all sorts of positive ways. Um, so, for example, there are countries now that have relations with Israel in Africa, dozens of countries in Africa and South America that have relationships with Israel to trade with Israel, um, st- stand up for Israel in certain circumstances at the UN and otherwise, um, which didn't have any relationship with Israel in prior prime ministers or prior terms. This is a transformation of Israel entering the world, uh, the world stage, entering the world business um, enterprise. You know, you have a company like uh, John Medved's company, Our Crowd, which is able to go to Africa, able to go to China, able to do business in India, um, enormous amount of business. You have, if you go to the hotels in Israel, you see more Chinese and more Indians than you do Jewish tour groups um, today. It's an amazing thing, amazing transformation of a country. Um, And, you know, the fact that, thank God, it's been been, uh, peaceful for the most part, I think that's due to not just him, but that's due to the efforts that he's made over the years to create walls, to create security for the Israeli people, and that's what we want. That's what we need. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, we've pointed out how essentially BB has told the world, you know, look what's happening, guys. Hop aboard now, otherwise you're going to be left in the dust. <laughs> and basically, exactly. basically, more and more countries are hopping aboard at the moment. Um, all right. So, but in terms, I mean, can, so I assume the conclusion we should draw from your analysis, therefore, is that it is likely he will survive this because he survived so much regarding the media pummeling in the past. I, I have absolutely no fear. I think um, I think this will disappear, just like the other charges that have been brought against him. The, a- know, the AG may not even uh, bring these charges against him. Exactly, exactly. The AG has uh, unlimited time to study the charges and uh, decide whether they're real or not. And in my opinion, this is Bibi's going to be prime minister as long as Bibi wants to be prime minister, and the Israeli people want to keep him as their prime minister. And the Israeli people are very smart. They've made uh, smart decisions. Um, They're heading in the direction of trying to transform Israel into a first-tier country, uh, along with the United States. And in many respects, they've done that. You know, it's the the second country in the world in terms of um, technological uh, developments, number two to the United States. That's amazing. Imagine that's ahead of places like India, places like um, the UK, France, you know, all the countries that uh, haven't stuck up for Israel many times in the past. 
um, but countries that have developed um, uh, economies way beyond um, Israel have been, you know, hundreds of years ahead of Israel in uh, in, in developing their economy. And just and, look at the uh, uh, look at the difference in population numbers, and it's it's astounding, just incredible, amazing. Uh, Phil Rosen is with us. Well, like I said, you know, there are a lot of topics that you and I uh, could discuss for hours here on the air today. Though I'll uh, just include one more for now. Uh, you've had the opportunity to travel and to um, meet some very interesting people, and, and and this conversation, this debate, or this issue has come up in the last couple of weeks here on the air. Uh, can can one, especially with, with your with your background and your associations, can you travel? and speak to members of foreign government without officially being seen as a representative of the state of Israel, without being seen as a messenger, so to speak, for Bibi Netanyahu. I'm not, I'm not talking about those times when he actually asks you to be a messenger. I'm talking about those times where it's to everyone's benefit that it not be seen like that. Is it possible uh, to to make that distinction and to accomplish something when when traveling and visiting other countries? So I, I travel a lot for business. To um, all across the world, all around the world, um, including um, to Arab countries, the United Arab Emirates, um, Saudi Arabia, um, and several other countries. And so, when I go, you know, I'm representing only myself. Um, but uh, the countries are very interested in um, in the views of the American Jewish community and American Jewish leadership. So. You know, I I have the ability, and I know a lot of other people um, do as well, um, to speak to um, to leadership in these countries. And um, you know, sometimes it's very meaningful. Sometimes it's uh, it's important. At least I think so, and I hope so. So you're able to accomplish things. So you're able to not officially um, represent the group, but because of the uh, of your associations and and what you bring to the table, so to speak, they understand that you're representing more. Than just yourself, that there are that there are many people, whether it be American Jews, people in Israel, etc., uh, whose whose opinion would certainly be in line with yours. Right, that's probably correct. Interesting, and uh, that's helped. That's yeah, it, it is something special. It's something that I I hope I can continue for many years to come. Phil Rosen, uh, Vice Chair, Public and Jewish Coalition. Birthright Israel, Yeshiva University, former chairman of American Friends of Likud. You think YU is going to be sending a fan bus to Farmingdale tomorrow night? Oh, definitely. Definitely. They announced it at the game. And uh, having been to the last, I, I've, I've attended, um, and I, I wonder if I'm one of the few board members to have attended this many uh, Yeshiva University Maccabee games, <laughs> but I've attended five games in the last uh, the last few weeks, including the prior game at Farmingdale, which was um, oh, a couple that, of weeks ago. Oh, that was the, that week. was the double overtime loss, right? Exactly. Oh, exactly. what a heartbreaker. So, what a heartbreaker. Yeah, <laughs> it was really, really disappointing. And we, you know, we had, hope, hopefully they'll do better um, this time. Um, before we get off sure. the air, I'd love to um, say one thing, as you said at the beginning about birthright. Sure. Um, one of the few causes in the Jewish history that has successfully changed the nature of Jewish history is birthright. They've taken 500,000 kids um, and kids, uh, you know, 19 to 26, um, and now they've raised the age group to 32, but they've taken these kids who left Judaism, literally left 
or never entered. You know, some of them were born Jewish but never had any Jewish education, Jewish involvement at all, and brought 500,000 back to Judaism, 50,000 a year, uh, back to Judaism, back to an association with the State of Israel, um, given them a foundation to their lives. So as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's one of the few causes where you can actually see um, your dollars um, work. Um, you can see people coming back to Judaism. I love hearing the stories from the alumni of Birthright as to what was in their life before and what's in their lives now. Um, the, and that, uh, and that's, the why facts, you've, that's why you've said to me yeah. that, that the funders, and, and especially the major funders and founders, ha, ha, get, get credit for a transformation of, in, in, in Judaism in this modern era that none of us can comprehend. That's exactly right. And uh, the opportunity now is for everybody in the Jewish community to take a look at birthright and see if that's something you want to get involved in. Because even for us um, in, in the world where our kids spend a year in Israel so that they don't have the opportunity to go on birthright, it's really important that we take a look at it and see. Because if we have the ability to change the nature of where Judaism is going, and remember, outside of the Orthodox community, there's something like a 70 to 73% intermarriage rate. Right. So if we can change the nature of Judaism, if we could change the direction um, and uh, change that number, I think that uh, we're doing a mitzvah, that's for sure. And uh, it's a mitzvah that will stay with you your entire life. No question. Very important message for this audience. Much appreciated. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nachum. Take care. Stay well. I appreciate it. See you Thursday night. Bezrat Hashem. Bezrat Hashem. Phil Rosen. There he is. That was my recent conversation with Phil Rosen regarding Israeli politics and many other things, as you heard. Our friends from Ohel, Alan Sector and Rabbi Avi Weber, joined us recently to discuss the upcoming Ohel OXC, the OXC Classic. Uh, The Oil Extreme Classic is uh, an amazing uh, race that takes place up in uh, Camp Cayley on a um, an unusual but a very challenging obstacle course. Happens Memorial Day weekend up at Camp Cayley, and uh, this event has grown and grown over the years. Those of you who want to register or get more information, I suggest you listen to this conversation. Alan Sector and Rabbi Avi Weber from OXC here on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, uh, Alan Sector and... Uh, Rabbi Avi Weber and I have a very, very interesting task this morning. Um, We have thousands of people listening to us right now, I'm proud to say, and we have to convince a number of those thousands of people to support, but even more importantly, to participate in the next OHEL OXC. On the 27th of May, it's the OHEL Extreme Challenge Classic, the fourth time already, believe it or not, and we do want people to support it, believe you me. We'll be encouraging you to support it for the next couple of months. But we also want people to participate. And that might be a little bit more difficult for this audience. We'll find out in a moment. Uh, Alan Sector, of course, is OHEL's chief development officer. I welcome you back to JM in the AM. It's really nice to be here, especially this week with Purim around the corner. Thank you, Nachman. I appreciate that. A lot of people smiling, unlike when they complete the OLOXC, when they're usually in agony. <laughs> I don't know about that. We have a great barbecue to celebrate oh, that's the finish true. line. You're right. I, I can't minimize that. We know how to do a barbecue. And Rabbi Avi Weber, who's the OXC community coordinator, is with us live via telephone. Rabbi Avi, welcome back to JM in the AM. 
Good morning, Nachum. Pleasure to uh, to be here. Always uh, always exciting to talk to you again, and uh, you know, really looking forward to this new campaign season. Do you think we can convince uh, a percentage of the thousands of people listening right now that they should participate in the OLOXC? Well, we managed to do it for over for around 550 people last year. So wow. I think that we could uh, up that just a little bit this year. It, it is it's always fascinating to me that there are 500 people plus who are willing to do this. And as you just indicated, this year there might be uh, more. The OXC Classic is uh, happening uh, Sunday, May 27th, Memorial Day weekend, up at the beautiful Camp Cayley in Wurtsboro, New York. Who's going to tell us what an OXC Classic is, you or Rabbi Weber? Um, I'll start. You'll start. Go right ahead. So the OXC was conceived uh, four years ago by uh, a group of chair people, Ben Englander, uh, Morty Schwartz, Arya Jacobson, Rachel Rosenberg and Yehuda Koenig are uh, our chair people. Yeah. Uh, a lay-driven event. Uh, someone had the idea in a sukkah uh, at one of our five towns residences to build a five-mile obstacle course up at Camp Cayley and that people would run, crawl, climb through the mud to raise money for Ohel's children and families. And over the last three years, it's become a wildly successful fundraiser, a very fun day, and a celebration of the Ohel mission. You know, there actually was a member of the Siegel family there last year, Yonina Siegel, our mm-hmm. daughter, mm-hmm. actually participated and had a blast. You know, we make fun all the time, at least I do, about how crazy it is and how difficult it is. She had the best time ever. I think you were in Israel last year. Correct. And that Correct. was your excuse. Right. And this year we're, oh, looking, we're looking forward me. to seeing you go over the wall. Rabbi Weber knows me well. He knows I'll come up with a good excuse before <laughs> uh, this thing. Trust me. Uh, Are you kidding me? Rabbi Weber, what words do you want to add to what Alan just said regarding the mud and the climbing and the crawling and everything else that you're expecting? to do on May the 27th so I'll, I'll echo what, what what Alan said um, I personally did you know ran through the OXC uh, two years ago this right. past year um, actually my, my wife gave birth the day before so I remember it was a little that. bit tricky I remember that um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but um I have never met a a student or adult that has gone through the OXC that didn't have a blast um, that didn't say that they were coming back the next year um, that wasn't totally, totally, you know, pumped and excited about what they just accomplished, about the work they put in before. Um, it's so unique um, and so special that I, I really never met anybody that hasn't enjoyed. So I, I, I have no doubt that uh, that if you show up there, you'll be talking about it for a long time. And by the way, I noticed that you're actually making this into an entire weekend Shabbaton. Is that going to happen in camp, the Shabbaton? So this is a major, major addition um, this year um, that we are turning the OXC Classic into a a OL leadership Shabbaton for high school students um, in Camp Cayley, um, you know, for the Shabbos before the OXC leading into OXC Sunday. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Uh, so the course, yeah. the course will already be set up before Shabbos, right? Oh, no, they sometimes do it Sunday morning, right? How did I do that? No, the, we course, have a, uh, the, course, the course is actually currently being worked on. Already? It'll be, uh, it'll be already set up, you know, beforehand. In and, February? Uh, yeah, we expect to have wow. around 200 high school students there for Shabbat. Very nice. We work with a company called ABF Mudrun, and I they're a professional that. obstacle course uh, construction company. They've been with us since inception, and they're up there for several weekends before OXC. We've been working with them to design the course. We have a couple exciting new obstacles this year. Last year, we introduced a 150-foot slip-and-slide, which was a real highlight and a great photo opportunity. Uh, this year, we are, uh, we're building a ninja warp wall. It's a, a 12-foot wall. That it's, uh, it's a curved wall, kind of like a skateboarding half-pipe, I guess a quarter-pipe. And you have, to, you have to climb up the curvy part of the wall, get to the top, and then go over. 
climb down a ladder on the other side before going to the final obstacle, which has you uh, climbing up a rope ladder and jumping into a dumpster full of mud. So that is one of our new obstacles this year. We have another new obstacle. It's uh, a low-tire mud spin. Uh, You crawl through the mud underneath a bunch of tires and uh, have to come out the other side and then uh, continue on to the next part of the course. I didn't think you could add to the uh, to the obstacles you already had and make it even lo- more exciting. I spent a lot of time thinking about new obstacles to keep it fresh and exciting, uh, modifying the course to make sure that we're maximizing for safety, for participant uh, enjoyment, and also for newness and excitement. We should point out, by the way, you are still keeping the showers right at the end of the course, right? Lots, they of, will, ho- lots of hot water for everybody. They'll, they'll be available right when that yeah. thing is over, lots correct? Lots of hot water for everybody. I mean, uh, the whole thing... I, optional, optional. I, I, I don't know, Rabbi Weber. Maybe, you're not, <laughs> you're, maybe you're, not, you're not as surprised as I am, and I say this every single year, and it probably drives you nuts that I keep emphasizing this. It is astounding to me that hundreds... And hundreds of people, and this year is going to be a record breaker for you. 750 people is our goal. I think it's important to also mention that we have two courses. We have a five-mile high-endurance course, which is for people like you, Nahum, who really want to max out on the opportunity. <laughs> want to, to run around the obstacles. Yeah. Physical prowess and the ability to accomplish great things. We also have a, a one-and-a-half-mile modified family course, which really is a course that is uh, for people of all abilities. My wife and three of our kids did it last year, including my six-year-old. We've had participants that are in their 60s. The one-and-a-half-mile course is really very family-friendly. We had 70 participants with disabilities. OHEL individuals do that course last year. Uh, so it really is a day that can accommodate people of all abilities and models the OHEL inclusion mission. Rabbi Weber, is there a site already where people can sponsor? Does that happen another time? What, what's the story with absolutely, that? Absolutely, absolutely. Our site, Baruch Hashem, went live this past week. We are www.ohelofc.org. Um, everything, all info, all videos, all highlights, pictures from last year is are uh, up and running. Um, registration for the Shabbaton is up there. Um, everything you need is is up on the on the new and improved website. And the and each participant gets its own gets their own page. Is that how it works? Like we've seen with other types of races and uh, and sponsored events. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. Diff- there's there are team pages, and then there's individual pages where oh, each individual pages, can send right. out their list and. You know, people could donate to their, you know, to their own page, you know, directly. The team thing must be a very big concept for this. The team thing is a big concept. This year we're looking forward to adding the Nahum Siegel Network team to the, uh, uh, we had uh, dozens of teams last year. We know 540 participants. Uh, wow. We had 2,950 donations. Wow. Uh, and I believe there were several dozen teams. Um, so the uh, the fundraising requirements are different for people of different ages. Right. The adult uh, fundraising requirement is uh, is a thousand. Uh, high school kids is five hundred. Uh, a higher bar if you want to participate in the Shabbaton uh, with different incentives for raising more and more money. And, and as for, we've pointed out, these are not unreasonable in the world of sponsored these are, events these at are all. Not unreasonable in the world of sponsored events at all. And for kids, uh, it's uh, two hundred fifty dollars. Oh, so boy. it's it's, it's oh. doable. We have a, a menu of sponsorship opportunities available on the website. Uh, ranging from sponsoring individual obstacles to sponsoring the entire entire course to sponsoring some of the most amazing swag that OHEL is well known for. Yeah, including uh, what you we'll, brought me today, which, which we'll is we'll so get cool. to in a second, which uh, <laughs> which is, will be on display in, uh, in, in, in in its finest form. All right, uh, Alan Sectors here, Director of Development over at uh, oh, Chief Development Officer, excuse me, Chief Development Officer at OHEL, or by Avi Weber's on our phone line, the OXC Community Coordinator. Uh, so obviously. Um, the high schoolers that you're targeting for this Shabbaton are already enthusiastic about it. If you know that hundreds are going to be attending, or by Weber, yes, we had a a huge turnout from high school students last year. 
Oh, I didn't um, know that. We had that over, over 135 students wow. from over 15 schools, um, Brooklyn, Five Towns, Queens, Manhattan, Phoenix. Um, and it was really, really incredible. Um, this year, you know, we, we plan to up that um, through the Shabbaton. Um, I know that the Shabbaton is something that, you know, kids are extremely excited about, especially in Camp Cayley. Um, and the high school contingency has been a major, major part of the OFC success. Um, yeah, that's true. You really started them young. You know exactly who to target. That's who wants to. That's the that's the category of uh, people in our community who most want to participate in these types of events. Information, by the way, about the Shabbaton, you can register ohloxc.org, ohloxc.org. On the day of the race, on the day of the run, uh, which is the 27th of May, transportation will be provided from what areas? You name it. Oh, uh, really? They have buses from, like, everywhere? A lot of communities? Avi? Rabbi, go ahead. Yeah, we have uh, we have, we have multiple buses coming to Five Towns, nice. Brooklyn, and Teaneck areas. Um, and if there are, if there's a need to provide more, then, you know, we always provide more. It's pretty cool. I, I think you guys have it all covered. You know, I like, think there's not was, one aspect of this that you don't have It's covered. actually even better than that. Avi, you want to talk a little bit about the training and the, and the partnerships we have with gyms throughout the greater oh, New York area? Oh, you're offering free training. Free training. So one of, yeah, one of the one of the biggest you know um, advantages of joining the OFC is that you actually get free training from professional um, trainers, uh, starting from now, current time until the actual OFC. So what we do is we you know we contract with trainers all over the tri-state area, and we provide you know weekly training sessions um, leading up to the event. Um, so it's a it really a great way and a great motivator um, for people that want to challenge themselves and get into shape and. Uh, you know, really, you know, um, push themselves a little bit um, with the guidance of a professional trainer leading up to the event. So that's, it's, it's really, there's really no excuses. Um, the trainers know how to get everybody ready for the event, and, uh, and, and many of them come and participate and, and form their own team and run together with their clients. Um, and it's a really special, special day. Rabbi Weber, I know you have to leave in a couple of minutes. Could you first tell this audience how obvious it is from the site uh, and I mean S-I-G-H-T, the site of the OXC up at Camp Cayley, that this is an inclusive event? Right when you get there, you see that there's, you know, there's, uh, last year we had over 70, you know, children and adults with disabilities from OL and Beit Ezra and Camp Cayley. Um, it is a, an, a phenomenal, phenomenal way for every type of high school student to get involved in something physical, whether they are athletic or not athletic. Um, whether they've done anything like this before, it is a huge, huge um, confidence booster. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen it happen so many, so many times already. That kids come back and they're flying high, and they they're a changed person because they never thought they could do something like this. So you know what it does, you know, for the participants is really tremendous. And uh, you know nobody should shy away from it. It's really doable. I know it sounds intense, but it's really doable. And uh, you'd be surprised what you can do when you put yourself on the court. Rabbi Weber, we appreciate your time. I'm going to continue here with Alan Sector about this and a couple of other events that are going on. Good luck. Keep Thanks us, so keep us, thank you. Keep us up. Oh, and thank a very you. Rabbi Weber, a very happy birthday to you. <laughs> thank you. Make thank sure, you. Thank make, you. I appreciate make, it. Make sure appreciate make sure your students acknowledge the day at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure they will. Anything yeah. to get out of here, I'm sure they will. <laughs> They've got the whole plan set, huh? <laughs> exactly. You can depend on them. Rabbi Avi Weber, he coordinates the OLOXC. I thank him for joining us this morning. Well, Alan, Alan Sector's here. Uh, you brought in this morning a uh, an item of swag that I think is really uh, wonderful. What was even more wonderful was when I found out that this item, which is going to be proudly worn on the 9th of March at the Jerusalem Marathon by the OHEL team, 
I was even prouder to hear that you have already 45 participants. For, 45, 45 for year one, for the year we are one. talking about a very, very impressive statistic. Thank you. We, we worked really hard to recruit a great team. Uh, both in Israel and in New York, and uh, and we're ready. We're training. Oh, yeah, the New York Half Marathon is what month? When is that? Oh, the, uh, I meant runners from New York going to right. Israel. But the New York Half Marathon is uh, Sunday, March the 18th. Oh, it's soon. We have 19 runners uh, in that race that, as well. Be nice. uh, we have one guy who's doing uh, the Half Marathon in Jerusalem then coming back and doing <laughs> the Half Marathon here. I'm not up for that yet. That's Yossi Gross. He's one of our residence managers. Uh, yes. He'll be with us in Jerusalem and then running with Ohel again in New Phenomenal. York. Phenomenal. All right, so that's the 9th of March and the 19th of March. Kalakavot to all those who are running for OL in the Jerusalem Marathon and in the Jerusalem Half Marathon and then the New York City Half Marathon coming up <clears throat> later on in March. Uh, information about all of this, I assume people could sponsor, right? They, yes. So our uh, our website for the Jerusalem Marathon is ohljerusalem.org. Uh, we've raised 28,000, uh, nice. 45 runners, uh, and we still have a few thousand dollars to go towards our goal. OhelJerusalem.org. You can pick a, a runner and sponsor that person. If you don't recognize any of the names, you feel free to sponsor me. Good. Uh, You'll be there? I'll be there, nice. yeah. Yeah, I'm training for a 10K. The nice thing about the Jerusalem Marathon is you can do a 5K, a right. 10K, a half, or a full marathon. We have some runners doing, I think, each race. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30,000 runners. Uh, we're raising money for Camp Cayley, uh, specifically. The team name is Team Ohel Camp Cayley. Uh, and we uh, just want to give a shout-out to our chair people, Bruce Prince, a member of the OHEL board, and Alicia Yacobi, a good friend of OHEL from Eretz Yisrael, will be with us uh, with members of her family. Uh, we're spending uh, Shabbos in, uh, in Yerushalayim. We have a wonderful pasta party uh, the night before the race. Uh, and the, uh, the hat that I just gave you is a great example of the swag that's yeah. to come. It, it looks great, and I'm going to wear it proudly, that's for sure. Um, Alan Sector's here, OHEL's chief development officer. The funds for Camp Cayley are so vital because... Great question, and, and happy to elaborate on that. Uh, Camp Cayley is a nonprofit organization. Uh, we do our best to keep it affordable. Uh, we have higher than average costs on account of the inclusion programming that we run. We make camp available as an excellent summer camp for kids of all abilities. That includes both the typical kids and the kids with special needs. Uh, as a result of that commitment to excellence, we have uh, higher staffing costs. The, uh, the inclusion program comes with some additional costs as well. We give away a lot of scholarship money while keeping uh, a very uh, close eye on the bottom line, but we're committed to making the camp accessible. And when you put all of that together, that requires us to raise philanthropic dollars of several hundred thousand dollars a year in order to balance the budget. And so the money we're raising through this run in Jerusalem goes towards that, as well as any other funds that that, that people want to give towards Camp Cayley throughout the year. All right, you could do that, as Alan just said, either throughout the year through the different events and, you know, from your basic uh, uh, fundraising contributions, or you could do so by supporting the Jerusalem Marathon team or the OLOXC teams. It's Sunday, May 27th. You can run, climb, crawl, and jump through 36 obstacles up at Camp Cayley. They're anticipating 750 participants, which is amazing. I would have told you that three, four years ago. I don't know if you would have believed it. And uh, it's just a, a wonderful day. As I said, uh, Yonina Siegel did it last year, never stopped raving about it, how great a day it was how much fun and how incredible a, uh, a feeling it is to support and to raise money for Camp Cayley in this form. So the Ohel Extreme Challenge Classic happens up there on May 27th. Check it out. Uh, go, to the, um, go to the website, ohelohxc.org, ohelohxc.org, and, um, and get ready to support the cause. We should mention uh, Ohel and Camp Cayley lost a very, very dear... 
leader. I'm going to say it that way, a dear leader in uh, Maishween. And I say it that way. I, I had some encounters with him over the years, but certainly knew about his reputation from the world of camping, uh, a reputation that I admired tremendously. He was a leader who created leaders. And I can only imagine if he was responsible for the Camp Cayley property, which he was for years, I can only imagine how smooth an operation it has been until this point, and it will be a tough act to follow. So we remember him fondly as we talk about setting up the campus for the OLOXE. Moish was a giant. You know, I never, I never thought it was possible to have a legend in the world of Jewish camping until I met Moish Ween, uh, he, and he really was, as you said, a leader of leaders and a real friend, a mentor, a role model uh, to so many people. It's a big loss for the Jewish people. It's a big loss for the agency, and it's, uh, it's a big loss for camp. He was with Camp Cayley since its inception, uh, and so much of what has happened so beautifully over the years of Camp Cayley um, owes itself to, to Moish Ween and his leadership and his vision, really. Um, so, uh, you know, we are, we are in the process of transitioning his responsibilities yeah. to, to some of the very capable people that he mentored over the years. Um, and, uh, and we're moving forward. There was, a, there was a comfort having him up there. You know, I, I got a picture uh, just a couple weeks ago from Moish of, uh, of a new building that we're building. We're in the middle of a capital expansion project at Camp Cayley. We have a beautiful new building going up that will house a, a new base medrash dedicated by the Englander family. Uh, oh, right. We as, heard about that. As, right. as well as a new arts and crafts center right. and a new HC uh, facility as well. And uh, it's this beautiful image of a new construction going up in the middle of winter. David Mandel is actually up there right now as mm. we speak, checking on the construction. And you have this newness and this vision in the future with the snow in the background. And so I, as I think of Moish, I think of that image. I think that you know, despite the loss of the uh, we have the vision of the, of the newness and the construction and the future to look forward to. And no, and no shock, um, I think we could say hours before he passed away, he was up at Camp Cayley. Not, you know, ju- not just days, I think you could say hours. <laughs> I, it's, uh, I don't have words. You know, I just, uh, despite the challenges that he faced in battling his illness with tremendous courage, you know, I just expected him to be the office again you know, yeah. this past week, and uh, it was a very big loss. Everyone felt if anybody could beat it, it's him. So, yeah. Anyway, so our condolences to his family, and the loss is acknowledged certainly uh, up at Camp Cayley, and his memory should be a blessing. And as you said, those he trained should be able to to move forward and continue the uh, amazing work that you're doing up there. Uh, Oh Hell OXC Classic up at Camp Cayley, everybody. It's May 27th. Check it out online, ohelloxc.org. If you have a high high school student in your home or if you're a high school student yourself, it's ohelloxc.org slash Shabbaton, ohelloxc.org slash Shabbaton. Alan, anything else to add? I would just add that if you have any last-minute needs for Shalach Monas, mm. Ohel is with you uh, with uh, either Mishloach Manot or Purim cards. Um, they're still available. The, our Shalach Monas are made by Ohel's adults with disabilities in nice. one of our Dayhab programs. Uh, individuals there learn independent life skills. It's part of their job and vocational training. Mishloach Monas are uh, 5 for 100 or 10 for 175 and the cards are $2 each. You can uh, go to ohelpurim.org. Or you can call 718-972-9338. I would actually recommend calling since Purim is right around the corner. Right. 718-972-9338. We have beautiful shalach bonus made by our individuals. and We'd be happy to help you out if you have any last-minute needs. All right. And we'll also, at some point, we'll talk about the new building, which is in uh, Brooklyn, New York. There's, there's a lot of excitement with this organization. A lot of excitement. As you said earlier, you have developed a way to really include the Jewish youth, which is... A masterfully done job, I must say. This event is unbelievable. Uh, you know, people come back talking about how much fun it was. The camp in general, 
People talk about how incredible that is it's in July. Oh, August. hell is an organization on the move. The, the new building is on the cusp of being completed. Right. Uh, we're excited about that. The Jewish people were redeemed in Nissan. I'm hoping that <laughs> Nissan also provides us the opportunity to move into the Jaffa family campus. We're all very excited about it. Uh, as you say, the OXC has become a phenomenally su- successful event. Uh, interesting to note, 125 people did it all three years. Wow, yeah. that so says that, something. That, that really does say something, and we're looking forward <laughs> to having each and every one of them come back this year. Uh, Camp Cayley has been sold out for months, uh, and it's just staff you know, wants to get in there and work there. It's uh, it's it's an amazing OHEL and Camp Cayley, amazing organizations. We're always thinking of new and creative ways to connect to people. The Shabbaton that we're doing this right. year is a great example of that. Taking Team OHEL to Jerusalem is another great example for that. Uh, we always want to find ways to broaden our reach and engage more people, young and old alike. Uh, with the OHEL and Camp Cayley mission. I would add that if you're athletically inclined and can't go to Jerusalem this year, right. we are recruiting for next year, but we also have opportunities to participate in the New York City Five Borough Bike Tour mm. and the New York City uh, Full Marathon in November. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to us. What month is the bike available. tour, do you know? The bike tour is May the 6th, yeah. and the New York City Marathon is November the 4th. Did they announce a Jerusalem date for next year already? They did, yes. Wow. I don't have it off the top of my head, but That's we are, some Friday we are March, recruiting huh? uh, for some right. Friday in March. Cool. Uh, we're recruiting for 2019. Uh, all right. Um, amazing work. OHEL, OXC, Jerusalem Marathon, as you mentioned. You could sponsor a runner. Uh, what site is that? The Jerusalem? Uh, OHELJerusalem.org. OHELJerusalem.org. And, of course, uh, everyone is encouraged to take, take part in these programs and, at the minimum, to support those runners and participants who are helping OHEL raise money in these unique fashions, <laughs> to say the least, unique fashions. I thank Alan Sector. He's Chief Development Officer at OHEL. A clock of to you. Thank you very much for your friendship and Afrelich and Purim. Afrelich and Purim. Let everyone know in the office how enthusiastic we are about the activities because I think you guys are doing an amazing job. You got it. That was my conversation with Alan Sector and Rabbi Avi Weber of the uh, OHEL OXC event coming up in May at Camp Cayley. And that wraps up this edition of JM Rewind. I thank you for listening in. Make sure to be tuned in next week for another edition right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.